You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, Voice Assistance, just say listen to After The Show Movie Podcast, and you can also find us on ascully.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ascully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello, that was a long time. Yeah, it's a very hot it's been a today. Long time. So if you hear any, if you do, which you shouldn't, but you might hear some weird noises in the background, like a like a child making a noise, or a dog barking, or noisy a lawnmower. children. It's because we have the window open, and uh, do they care? Hopefully, well, they might if they've got headphones on and all they can. I mean, do they care that we're hot? No, <laughs> but because it's what is it like eighty-seven in this room? It's toasty. We're not going to uh, suffer. Some might say, why haven't you turned on your air conditioner? We need to give it a quick service before. I see. And it's not really been that hot that long, so we'll survive. We will survive. Correct. Yeah. What's the before the after the show discussion? Uh, it was you talking about how hot you were. <laughs> I was talking about, actually talking about this movie. A little bit. A little bit about this movie. Happens. But I figured we'd carry that on then into the rest of the discussion. Anyway, this, uh, because this podcast is coming to you late, why is it coming to late? Why is it coming late? Because I wasn't here last week because I went to my nephew's college graduation. Congratulations. Cum laude. I was very proud. Very proud aunt. And he's the kind of guy who's taken like advanced mathematics and Latin and ancient Greek and that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I never was able to help him with his homework, that's for sure, in high school or in college. <laughs> so this week we will uh, well, have two podcasts, right? Well, well, no, we'll just have the one from last week and then Saturday. One this week. Yeah. This one now. <laughs> this I'm going to post this. You're overthinking it. It's This one's from last week and then Saturday will be normal. Immediately after we finish, this one's going up. All right, so... It is the podcast that will be coming to you from the weekend of Saturday, May the 11th, after the show, 581, we're a movie review podcast, we review some movies, and this week we're going to be reviewing the movie Cold Pursuit, it's a 2018 movie, it's out on 4K Blu-ray Digital Now from our friends at Lionsgate, it's rated R, says on the cover, a darkly comedic thrill ride, I kind of agree. I'm glad we didn't read that first, though. No. So, Sito, give us the synopsis of Cold Pursuit. Taken five. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, close. <laughs> or what's that other one? It's Liam Neeson with special skills. We haven't defined them as such in this movie. Um, special skills in this movie are he can plow a good road. It's kind plot. of like Taken mixed with Grey mixed with mm, Fargo. It is. Would you say? And yeah, Fargo TV, Fargo movie. Yes. All combined. Now, all right, so let's, uh, onto this movie, Cold Pursuit. If you look at the cover for Cold Pursuit, and you are aware of Liam Neeson's later works since Taken, he's done many a movie where he's a man and something happens and then he gets revenge, right? I mean, we've seen it a mm-hmm. lot. Um, and that's what I thought this is. And it is that, right? 
Are we getting a big spoiler? So we might as well just yeah. Be let's have some now. spoilers. It's <laughs> there'll be spoilers. spoilers. So go and see this movie. We I think we both kind of liked it. Yeah, I liked it. So uh, go and see it on our recommendation, and then come back and we'll talk about I'm it. Not recommending it. I'm just saying I liked it. So um, what I liked about it is this: it starts off, and you think you uh, know exactly what you're going to get. It's like that one we just saw with him in a train. You know, something happens. Yeah. He's going to kick everybody's ass. He's Liam Neeson. It's like Taken. Actually, I thought his wife was going to get kidnapped at the beginning or something like that. Close. Very close. Because yeah. <laughs> like- you said when it started, it's probably not a good idea to be Liam Neeson's wife in a movie. And you, <laughs> you were also very dark about it and said, or in life, because sadly his wife did die many years ago. But... And then as the movie progressed, I said, oh, or one of his children. Yeah, exactly. Spoiler. So, yeah, <laughs> one of his children goes, gets taken. He actually does get taken. I know, enough. that's why I said yeah. and during them, I'm like, oh, yeah, here we go. So it's kind of like taken. But the tone is different, and it's got a different set of circumstances, different types. A different of set people. of skills. Uh, Similar but different, yeah. <laughs> all right, so what what is really different, though? And I did not expect this at all, because I didn't even read the cover where it says a darkly comedic thrill ride. Mm-mm. I didn't know it had, like, a, a like a funny tone to it. I actually thought it was going to be playing it serious, like Taken does. So it started to play out, and it didn't... At, at first, it just felt like a regular Liam Neeson movie, like those first three... Very briefly. Yeah. And then... You start noticing some odd dialogue and some like quirky characters, and it kind of goes from there. And I said to you, there's a movie called Smoking Aces. Remember that? Mm-hmm. There was actually a sequel to it as well. Jason Bateman dressed up in a rabbit outfit. Yes. And that had the same. It was like people getting killed really violently, but then the next minute you're laughing because there's something ridiculous and silly. It's like everyone's sort of accepted the horrible... Right. Darkness and sort of living it up at the same time. And this, I hate to say it, like, because I don't like to compare things exactly, but it does borrow a lot from Fargo. I mean, from all of Fargo. But this is also, we forgot to mention, this is actually the same director, writer, wrote another movie, a Norwegian movie. He's Norwegian. He made that movie. This is that same movie. It's not a remake. No. It is an updated version. What did he call it? An adaptation. An adaptation. So the same guy made his same movie twice with the same overall premise, but slight differences. Yeah, if you go and read the synopsis of the the Norwegian version, it's pretty much the same story. The Norwegian one has a vegan drug lord. Whereas this one one has a weird... OCD guy. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's not vegan because he wants to give the kid... Meat, to remember, like, yeah, so yeah, but he's OCD, yeah. So they did change some things. We haven't seen that original movie, but from reading the synopsis, it's this movie pretty much, yeah, probably with a smaller budget. And you know, it's, it's kind of like mm, Cabin in the Woods, that guy remade his own movie and he did remake it. That was not like a um, what adaptation, Cabin Fever, you Cabin mean. Fever, yes, yeah. not Cabin in the Woods, no, no, yeah, literally just that. make the same movie, yeah, and that wasn't a <laughs> big improve. It wasn't like he was saying, I want to redo it. I don't even get why he did that because the original's actually better, right? I guess he had ideas he wanted to use, yeah, but it was the same story, they didn't really change anything, it was just weird. True, um, 
You could say that about Lars von Trier when he made uh, Psycho as well, a shot-for-shot remake of Psycho. Like, why? <laughs> that was just to challenge himself like a pretentious <laughs> yeah. twat. Yep. Um, so, this movie unfolds... I, I didn't... It's got loads of twists and turns, and I like the style of it because when somebody dies in this movie, it prints the name up on the screen with like yeah, a... Yeah. And it and that even makes it feel a bit funnier than it should be because you've just seen somebody murdered horrifically. Because the the name of the original movie, the original story is in order of disappearance. Right. And the credits for this movie are awesome. Because, yeah, very cool. Because the credits show everybody who's in the movie on one screen, and then they just fade them away in the order that they died in the movie. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I've never seen that before. That was pretty cool. So um, this movie, it was surprising. I did pick, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like Fargo's comedy. Because somebody somebody gets you know like you shouldn't really be laughing at some of the stuff right no it's horrible and 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 even some of the stuff about like the native americans in it and you know some of the stuff's real you're like why am i why do i find that funny like it it shouldn't really be funny (laughs) but it is funny and there's a lot of just every single character in it like all the bad guys and it's mostly about the bad guys they're all like larger than life comic book type characters, aren't they? They're a, they're a, they've got something about them. A bit two dimensional, bit... but for some reason in this it works. Right, they've all got like a. They're all different. It's like you know he starts with the guy with like the cool mohawk type thing, and every all every single one of them has something a little bit different about them. There's like a gay guy. There's like a wedding dress guy. You know, it, it goes down this chain of you know yeah odd characters really all. They've all got something weird about them, and you know that some of them are some of them are a bit overacted. I thought like there is it's not perfect. What's an example? You know the main guy, the the, the big baddie, um, Viking, played by Tom Bateman. Yeah, I, I thought he was like like I don't know. He was. I he got can't. it sometimes, but then sometimes I was like, oh, it's a bit overboard. Like what he's I doing. agree. But sometimes it was funny, like when he's trying. He's got a little boy. And the little boy's like a crucial part of the movie too. And when when he's the bad guy, and he's like fathering the bag, fathering the little boy, but in like the way a bad guy would father a little boy. <laughs> he's like, what did he say about him going to school? Like, like there's a bully. A bully's just an opportunity yeah. to show your metal. Yeah. Should I hit him? Well, yeah, to start <laughs> with. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but the way you're like, oh, this guy. Yeah. He's like, you know, you probably wouldn't want him around your kids. <laughs> it turned out to be murderous. But, um... I don't know. That kid seemed all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and so Liam Neeson's character in this, he's a snowplower, which I found interesting because uh, this is a snowplower in, like, a, not just, like, the guy who plows your street when it snows. The guy who, like, plows, like, big walls of snow. It's, like, ten feet. He's making... A passageway from the small town into Denver. Right. And it is like 10 feet of snow. And so he just has to make a path. And when I was watching him snowplow at the beginning, where you saw all those long shots of him snowplowing, I was like, I could probably watch 30 minutes of snowplowing. It's, it's really fascinating. fun. Yeah, because these machines, that the machine that he's in, in fact, they do a Well, there are shows, you know, on uh, the History Channel. There's a snowplowing about show. About snow... 
forget what's called, like trucking across the icy parts of the world or wherever, oh. maybe in Canada, and uh, having to like tow trucks in the ice. Ice something stuff. truckers. Yeah. There's one in America, there's one in Britain, a trucking show called Trucking Hell. Nice. <laughs> I thought that was a good name for a trucking show. Um, so Liam Neeson's doing this snowplowing job, which I found fascinating. And I found like a real, I liked, I like movies that take place in the snow. Hence why I like Fargo quite a lot. I also like it on a really hot day like today to watch a movie that takes place in the snow. Psychological. Yeah. And it, I think the snow is fascinating because it creates like road, literal roadblocks for characters, doesn't it? Like you can't do certain things. It's when It's claustrophobic. Yeah. Right. When it's really snowy. Unless you watch that. What was that really bad snow movie that we watched? Blind, snow, blind, snow, blind, white, blind, snow, white out, white. <laughs> we got there in the end. <laughs> it was a Kate Beckinsale. We reviewed it. It's in our podcasts. It wasn't even about being cold. No, that was what was tragic. I don't remember a lot about it apart from I it remember was bad. the rope from one building to the other, which we've all seen in all other kinds. Kate of Beckinsale movies. removed a clothes at one point, and then yeah, they had her all dressed up all sexy and in yeah. a little tea like they did for Ripley. Yep, exactly. Stupid. Stupid. Yeah, it was pretty bad. So, Cold Pursuit is nothing like White Blind Out. <laughs> White Blind Out. So, it's, yeah, if you like a, you know, I could really, if I had to say what, what movies that you like, it's like Fargo, and it's like... It's not like them, though. No, but it has I mean, the vibe cold. of Fargo a lot. It include as soon as those police officers came into it the scene, it makes you uncomfortable at the comedy stuff for sure. Yeah, and Fargo's always been like that. It's funny, like you're like, why am I laughing? Because somebody's just gone in a wood chipper. Like, you're like, what the hell? Why and am I wood laughing? chipper? We had a snow chipper. Yeah, there was so, snow. Yeah, da yeah. da. You know, there were there were things like that, and those two cops, which I I didn't think we saw enough of. There's two cops in this movie. They're the Small town cops, you know, you've seen them in a billion different things, these type of characters. Uh, a woman and a bloke. And I didn't think we saw enough of them because they were really good characters. And I was like, oh, I really want to spend some more time with them. But they were in it very little, right? You know? I mean, they couldn't fix the problem, so... No. You know, that's the way I looked at it. Yeah. They were kind of useless, not because they were hapless, but because the story just wasn't about... Just over their pay grade. Well, <laughs> it just wasn't going to resolve... You know. And it's, a lot of things, this movie subverts all the stuff, doesn't it? It's like a lot of things. You're like, okay, so it's this thing. Oh, no, it's not. It's this thing. And then when the cops come along, I was like, okay, now it's going to be like a procedural thing. They're going to try and figure it all out. But then the, it's not really that either, is it? It's like, no. it's just these bad people. And the, and I said to you, at the beginning of the movie, Liam Neeson does a lot of kicking ass and killing people. But then what happens is, he has to do less and less of it because the the bad guys they they figure out some of their guys it's like have true gone romance with, you know yeah you get everybody going against each other and the you know Clarence he's just got the cocaine that's and, literally what happened like because yeah. Liam Neeson's like oh I've got to kill some of these guys and then the bad guys like hey some of our guys have gone missing and then the bad guys start to kill each other while Liam Turn Neeson's on like each other yeah. yeah so he has to kill less and less as the movie goes on and you might think that's not fun but he kind of. Yeah, or the other thing that was underused, I find, I thought, and I really love Laura Dern, who plays his mm -hmm. wife. It, it just kind of went nowhere. Like, it just. I felt like that part, because they didn't explore and explain overtly 
that this marriage, they all kept saying what a happy marriage they have. I disagree. Because when this happens, before this happened, she was already like, you don't listen kind of thing. Yep. And she wasn't really into him. She's smoking dope to like kind of, you could see her. And then she makes a joke about having to like cook the dead deer. Because she's like, we've got the last of the Bambi here because he's a hunter. So it's like she's already disconnected. And then when this happens, there's no more son to stick around. The Liam Neeson is not a communicator of his feelings. He just goes off and does his thing. She doesn't know what he's doing. Who knows? She might have stayed. You know what I mean? Like, she's... Yeah. But no one... They didn't take the time to explain if this was, like, such a lovey-dovey, wonderful relationship, or if all the years they were married, it was... It felt really cold and distant. Yeah, you didn't really... And he was the only reason they were together. You know what I mean? So, I felt like they kind of... That was missing. And spoilers, she she leaves him during the movie. And then she's just left a movie, hasn't she? She's not just left him. She's... Yeah, she's never it. there again. Like. That's why when on the credits she disappears sooner than a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah, which I was like, oh, really? Like I thought she was going to be involved in the plot again at some point. Like I thought maybe the bad guys would phone him up at some point and go, hey, we got we got your wife. You know, I thought yeah. that she was going to be pivotal. You didn't really go with anything obvious like that. Yeah, and that's why I think this is pretty good because I was never going. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that. The only thing I was completely sure of was that everybody who is bad was probably going to die, right? And their name was probably going to flash up on the screen at some point. That was the only thing I was sure of. I had no idea how or why. And we're introduced to some of the characters real late on in the movie, aren't we? You know, the other side of the gang. Mm -hmm. There's a Native American gang, which in the actual original movie was a, what? Oh, like a Russian gang. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they've switched it around here, made it like a like the director guy said, tried to make it like a western, you know. Um, I, I don't, I, I, I don't agree that. with that no. personally, <laughs> but I do agree with like bad guys going up against each other and stuff. But yeah, they were trying to do kind of like an old western, but in a action movie. Um, was there any? Did you like the, the special effects and stuff? I mean. I think it looked really cool. I mean, it wasn't like super polished and fancy and glossy, which I always like. Yeah, it was mostly um, it was mostly practical, right? Um, practical work. There was some CGI that was used. I don't know why, but that kept see, that shot where whenever he drove into Denver down the yeah. street, I was like, that that just doesn't look right. It looks phony, like he's driving into a painting. Um, and that was the only thing where I was like, oh. It did always look a bit off. But everything else was not, you know, it wasn't, oh, there wasn't, well, there wasn't any, it wasn't like a CGI type film. It wasn't CGI blood when anybody got killed. It was all real stuff. Did you notice that? Like, It did look a bit, well, I don't know. It was wasn't it all CG. CGI? No. It wasn't like when you're watching The Walking Dead and like, there's no, actually no blood on the set. It's just CG blood. This mo- this movie was all people with makeup blood. Oh, they really killed people. They really killed them in it. What do you think? <laughs> I don't think so. It wasn't a snuff movie. No. So uh, yeah. Oh, overall, I liked it. Um, I just satisfying ending to. Uh, I really liked that ending scene. Absolutely. Um, I was apparently fine with that. that ending scene it happens exactly the same way in the other in the right. Yeah, that movie too. Um. So. Moving on to the cast, Liam Neeson plays Nels Coxman. He's a Coxman. What's a Coxman? 
Uh, he's prolific at uh, having sex, apparently. Yes. Um, I'm not sure that's his main <laughs> skill, though. His main skill is snow. Who would explain how he and his wife got together and then had a soulless marriage? <laughs> so, um, In my mind, yes. So uh, did you like Liam, or do you just think he's just doing the same thing? He's doing a lot of the same, but then I felt like there were times when I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, What I'll say about him is he does do the same thing, like, over and over. But he's quite good at doing these particular type <laughs> yeah. of movies. So I, you know, like back in the day when Bruce Willis was in a bunch of action movies, I'm not so much a big massive fan of Bruce Willis now, but I always thought he fit those movies, you know, the diehards and the... Yeah. Um, I feel like Liam Neeson fits. People said, oh, he's like an un- unlikely action hero, but I don't think so. I think he looks well, I think like an they're action. just, they saw Love Tiff. Actually. No. Oh. And that was it. You no. know what I'm saying? That was, that was when he was... Uh, well, he's funny in Love Actually, and also tragic. Funny-ish. <laughs> so, so, yeah, um, Laura Dern, um, if you haven't seen Twin Peaks, the revival, the third series, go and watch it. She, we'll wait. She, Should we go have our pizza while we wait for them to go watch that? <laughs> yeah. Um, also, Wild at Heart by David Lynch. Um, it's bananas in a really good way. Watch that. Also, Jurassic Park. No, don't. <laughs> Wait, don't watch that. She was in Jurassic Park. <laughs> There's no denying she it. She was in Jurassic Park, yes. Yeah, of course. Um she's great, not not utilized enough in this movie. Unfortunately. I think she was just right. No, I wanted more of her, I like her. Uh, of course, but I mean as far as this movie goes, it was just right because it was about him doing what I would think. I'm not a parent, but that's how I would want to go about it. <laughs> um what about Emmy Ross? Kind of like screw everybody, every rule. Every expectation and kill everybody. Emmy Rossum as Kim Dash. From Shameless. She's yeah. good. Yeah, I she's like her. A, she left Shameless, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's over. No, it's not. They just mm. started a new season. It's just that she's not in it anymore. Oh. But um, she was in it for like eight years or something. Mm-hmm. But I've never really seen her in anything else apart from that. So it was good to see her here. And like I say again, I really wanted more of those two cops. But they didn't really amount to a ton, a lot, did they? I disagree. They were like reflecting. Uh, I mean, like screen time. real life. Yeah, but that was enough for what they did. What about uh, the the male cop, John Dorman, as John Gibson? I mean, he was fine. It's kind of it could have been anybody. Tom Jackson as White Bull. He was good. The leader of the Native American. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, I liked him too. And Tom Bateman is the opposing leader. Like the the kind of like what what would you say his crew are like yuppies like um rich assholes? Yeah, he they described him like he wants to be like a fancy businessman, right? And I think no, and everyone has to wear a suit and be kind of slick, but they're all kind of dopey. Yeah, so. they're kind of dopey, like um like like a cartoon from like you know like yeah. Looney Tunes or something. A bit they're a bit dopey. Yeah, I thought that, and he is a. Some of the scenes were really good. I liked when he was talking to his wife. Yes, those were the best ones of him, for and sure. And I didn't put her down, but she is awesome, is his wife, when she grabs hold of his balls. You didn't he, put her down. He's about to hit her. He swings at her. She don't go. She ducks and grabs his balls like a fucking champ. Yeah, it's really funny. I was into that. And it, it's not. It's just funny, because like, you're like, ah, oh, this guy. At least somebody can We know it. what brings him down. Yeah. Don't touch the balls. So this is directed by Hans-Peter Molland, 
and he directed the original version of this, Crafted Oten. Which nice. Is, when did you bone up on your uh, Norwegian? I boned up on it. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and he's done other stuff, like he's done some TV shows in the Netherlands, um, but not movies. This is his big Hollywood movie. I think he did a really good job. I think it was really well designed. Mm-hmm. I think it was well shot. I think it was well executed. It's not. It's not like it could be super confusing a movie like this with so many characters, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. I don't know about that. I mean, there's a lot going on in this movie. There is. If you went on your phone for five minutes, like people, well, you'd have to be. Well, then that's your own fault. <laughs> you could watch an episode of Friends, and if you go on your phone, you'd lose track of what's going on. If you're an idiot. So I did like what he did. I'd like to see more from him. Um, I don't know if this is a one-off or what. I don't know. So um, extras on the Blu-ray. There are some deleted scenes. There's an interview with actor Liam Neeson, it says. <laughs> Do we have to put actor in front of you? We know who he is. Is there like a plumber Liam Neeson out there in the world that's well, famous? Yeah, not the snowplow driver guy. <laughs> the, um, interview with uh, the director. Welcome to Kehoe, a behind-the-scenes featurette which we watched. Featurette's pretty long, actually, like 40 minutes. And uh, it is not fully promotional. No, it was all right. It was like explaining everything. You know, I know when you're watching a proper making of, and there's lots of interviews on the set, and about two-thirds of the way through, the costuming lady gets to talk for a little bit. Absolutely, every time. And she did in this one. So that means it was a real featurette. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... Yeah, Cold Pursuit. It was actually a big surprise for me because I thought I was... You know that train? The one where he was on the train? I don't know what it was called. It wasn't Unstoppable because that was the one with Denzel Washington. We watched it last the year. The other train one? The, tra- the train one with Liam Neeson that we watched last. Vera That's probably the last Liam Neeson movie. Vera Flaminga. Yeah. I thought it was going to be la- that, oh. but in the snow. Something like that. But it, I, I was pleasantly surprised that it was not that. And I think Liam must have saw, like, well, this this is kind of, like, in my ballpark. But then this also goes a bit different to what I usually do. So I was happy with that because it was a surprise. What about you? Do you yeah, I really it? enjoyed it. I enjoyed it even though it's pretty brutal. It's pretty brutal. Know? And it's pretty... Um, I mean, it's... It's not trying to be say anything or do anything like that, is it? You know, it's you. You might True. you might yeah, say there's well, it's no not, me- like, there's no hidden message. Here. No, it's just a straight up like. Other than confirming that for a lot of fathers who maybe don't express a lot of feelings, that if you kill their son, this is what they would want to do. <laughs> like, yeah. and it kind of you can live vicariously. Like, hell yeah, I would. Don't give a shit about all these little punks. They're they're done. I'm done. All right. So yeah, um, I recommend. so that's the lesson. If anyone hurts your children, you uh, exact very extreme revenge <laughs> with exactly. a snowplow. <laughs> so uh, thank you to Lionsgate for sending us a copy for review, and our movie that we're going to do uh, this weekend will be Lego the Lego Movie Two. Mm-hmm. It's actually called the Lego Movie: The Second Part. Excellent. So, it was really fun, the first one. It was. It was. Uh, so, movie recommendations. I am going on the... Um, well, we just watched Cold Pursuit. I just missed I just missed a, a big section of our, our show. I what? do it every week. I did it again. I skipped right you? over it. What did you skip? 
I skipped over the IMDb reviews. Oh, well, it's new. You're adjusting. You don't yeah. like change much, so let me put. Um, let me uh, let me read you. Well, you explain what this is. Okay, you go on IMDb every time to watch a movie, and you like to read what people think about movies. Which, ironically, I couldn't give a shit what anybody thinks. I don't listen to podcasts or read reviews, but you do. Either to confirm your bias of, that you do like the movie, or to confirm that it's a piece of crap when you don't. And right. these are the one-star reviews that you like to give a little bit of a uh, personality to, a little bit of a voice. Yeah, I like to. <laughs> it's hilarious. The one-star reviews on IMDb are just funny to me because it's just people who... They have nothing to say. No. Nothing constructive to say whatsoever. All right, so number one. And this is a, a one out of ten. And he says, I found the film... In no way funny, entertaining, or amusing. It's a complete and utter waste of time. How Neeson signed off on this garbage is a mystery to me. Waste of time is a big favorite with these people. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge... I mean, seriously, it's like the main thing in all of these every single week. This guy this guy actually um, gives a shout-out to the movie Taken. And he says, okay. I like Liam Neeson. He used to be able to act. But now he's just a parody of himself, which is sad. And this movie tries too hard to be hip. It dislocates itself. Oh it's not even funny. It's not dramatic. Every character is a cliche, and the plot is ridiculous as to border on madness. Save, you save, the, save yourself the torment and rent out Taken instead. Oh. He's actually still renting out movies as well. He must <laughs> go into Blockbuster, get his Taken. <laughs> Have you got Taken... All right. Yeah, but I, the thing is, all that that he said, he still didn't say anything. He didn't say anything except insulting Liam nope. Neeson. Yeah. He didn't say because this, that, and the other. Just insult, 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 don't watch it. Which doesn't um, make any sense. Christina CRTV, who said that, um, you want to watch out if you're insulting Liam Neeson. <laughs> he has some special skills. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... Um, Number, this next one is, I regret paying for the ticket for this movie. It was really badly done. Oh, that's it? Yep. Oh my gosh. You people. You people. All right, here's another. We went because- You know what? They spent, they took the time and spent the money and then took the time. But you know what? They probably went on their phone and did it while they were watching the movie. But you take the time to write that? Uh, this one says, we went because we enjoy Liam Neeson, but we couldn't wait for it to be over. I can't believe Liam signed off on this. This is what another person even said. Good friend of Liam's, apparently. Dumb humor. Nothing at all like what we expected out of a Liam movie. Poor acting. The worst movie ever seen. So, <laughs> that's another classic. <laughs> the worst movie ever. Not the worst movie I've ever seen. No, no, no. They like to make it the worst movie. And finally, this movie is a huge waste of time. It's plot and structure, implausible, even for a movie. The writing, terrible. The blood, overdone. In a supposed t attempt at humour. Love is a rather forced concept, and the laughs are in the wrong places for reasons beyond understanding. A 13-year-old might find this funny, but it's a waste of Liam Neeson, and it's trying to be Fargo. Can't deny that there are some Fargo knocks, but I, or knockbacks, but I think probably the director is just a fan and he lives in Norway. It's going to be that kind of place. Yes. 
Yeah, and then it just goes on and on. So yeah. That's pretty much what the one starers think of it. The one stars. Oh, they group all of their own now. Yeah. <laughs> the one stars. So, um, moving on to re- movie recommendations, I am going with, and I mentioned them earlier, Smoking Aces. It's a movie from, what, 15 oh, years ago? 15 or 20. Yeah, and there's a sequel to it, too. The sequel's not quite as good, but it's like a f- ensemble thing. It's like killers and hitmen, and it's kind of wacky a little bit. It's really fun. And I will also recommend Fargo. And I actually recommend the TV show of Fargo. Absolutely. Um, I like the TV show better than the movie, weirdly enough. No, I wouldn't say better. You're just, you just move on from things very quickly. It's, it's equally as good and continues the whole of the story. And luckily, we're getting another Fargo season four next year. So Nice. Nice. Um, I think it stars Chris Rock, actually. Chris Rock's the main character. And I thought when they brought up the last one and I was like, Ewan McGregor's the main character? I wonder what that's all about. It was good. I, but it was good, yeah. It was really cool. It was really good. So, um, yeah, that's my recommendations. And yours are? Mine are. I, it's the first time this year I brought this one up. But if you talk about revenge, I got to talk about Kill Bill. <laughs> it just is what it is. Revenge right? is a dish served cold. Yeah. So Kill Bill. It's my uh, first one, and the other one is, you mentioned it, well, I couldn't think of the name of it, and then you said it, Wind River. Yes. With Hawkeye Guy, or whatever his name is, and the woman who was plays in this yeah. was in it. We can't figure out what she was. However, it's it, it, talk about making you feel cold, and it's bleak, and there's no comedy in that one. It's just sad, but it's really good. Yep. It's like the winter version of uh, Manchester by the Sea. We reviewed it in a podcast. You can go and listen to it. Correct. Or just go watch it. That would be my recommendation. It is good. I would recommend you watch that one. See? That's rare, but it's happening. So, uh, a Scully stuff. I have been playing more Days Gone. And uh, it's called Days Gone because there's been a zombie apocalypse. It's not, it's not your uh, normal zombie apocalypse. It's a... Um, like a illness? I guess that is. Yep, that's always that. Yeah, people have gone zombie. And they're not the boring kind of zombies in this game. They're the really fast run at you, like, uh, give you, fi- you know, like one second to react to them. They're, they're the fun kind of zombies. I like those ones. Fun, very fun. 28 Days Later, I believe, was the movie that introduced that type of zombie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you were like, whoa. They usually shamble towards you, but now they just run full speed. They're not uh, shambling. Yeah. So Days Gone is a open world PlayStation 4 game. You're in this open world. It's like, I can't remember where it takes place. It's it's a wooded area, you know. Kind of mountainous. Mountainous, wood, woodlands. It's really pretty looking. And you're this guy, Deacon St. John. He used to be in a motorcycle um gang like the like the sons of anarchy type thing and he's not a bad guy as such he as the apocalypse was happening his wife got injured and she got took off on a helicopter and this is like and then it goes like you know i think it's 500 and no 700 and something days later and he's not seen his wife since so the aim at the mo- main storyline of the game is you try and he thinks she's dead. He's even made a gravestone for her. But I'm, Spoiler, I'm not Spoiler, are you spoiling it? No, I haven't even... I'm not even... 
like a third of the way through. Okay. I don't know if she's dead or alive, but I'm assuming she probably isn't dead, right? Because she, Just we she wasn't in that other game. When you don't see somebody die in a story. True. You know? So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, going around the, he's going around the wilderness. There's zombies. Um, there is, there is ca- like in any of these things, think of The Walking Dead, like the hilltop and the, you know, this, this camp's evolved. And he's a drifter. He doesn't fit into any of the camps. So he goes to this three different camps and he goes to three of all three of them. And you're basically like an errand boy for these camps. That's where the game loop comes in. You know, one guy will say, hey, why don't you go and um, go to the library downtown and get us a book or something, whatever they want. And you go and obviously when you get to the library, it's infested. You've got to fight your way through it, get the book, bring it back. It ends up as a bunch of like shopping missions, I would say. Like, you know, shopping. You're like the grocery boy. Okay. You know. But then some of the missions are real interesting, like taking out camps of like, like these aren't even zombies. They're like, you know, like Mad Max people. I don't know mm-hmm. why we always think people will end up like Mad Max people at the end of the world. That's what I say about the other one we watched, where just because people are like alone or stranded, that they're just going to go fucking bananas. Like wild and. Yeah. I just don't think that's very Like close. in Doomsday, even. Not that I believe realism because, or need realism because I love zombies. But we always write that into our zombie stories and end of the world apocalypse things. Oh, people go crazy and they all have mohawks and they, they you know, they look like punks. I, mean, I think that part's true. <laughs> we'll all have mohawks in the future when there's an apocalypse. Turn into punks. Correct. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, it's a zombie game. Um, but the big loop on it, and it. You know, when you're playing it, it feels a lot to me like Red Dead Redemption 2. In Red Red Redemption 2, you spend a lot of time riding your horse about. And people hated that. And I said to you, it's my favorite part. I just like getting on my horse and riding around. Get on my horse and ride. Is that a song? Maybe. (laughs) So in this game, you know, you don't have a horse. You have a motorcycle. And your motorcycle, you have to keep, upkeep it. You have to find fuel. You have to repair it. You have to find parts for it. And you find upgrading stuff, and you're making your bike better as you go along. Um, so a lot of the game involves you riding from one place to another on the bike. So the bike has to really be good to drive, and it really is. It's got like a drift mechanic. It sounds really cool, like a Harvey, Harley Davidson. Harvey Davidson, I was going to say. Harvey Davidson, nice. But it's um, it's a cool game. It's uh, it's really long. This game, I, I, I hear it's like fifty hours if you do everything. But um, it's one of Sony's exclusive games, so it's only on the PlayStation Four, and um, it's really fun. There are some issues. Uh, I would the issues I would I've seen are the frame rate drops occasionally. It has like parts where like like a thousand zombies swarm you at once. They're called hordes. And there's really a thousand zombies on the screen, and sometimes the PlayStation kind of is like, oh, please don't, please don't make me make a thousand zombies be on the screen. <laughs> and it, the frame rate drops quite significantly. And Explain sometimes, to the people who don't know what you're talking about what frame rate is. Well, when you play a thing, a game, it's, a, you know, it's smooth. You move your character around, it's all smooth. What's a frame rate? It's how many frames. You know, when, when you watch a movie, it's, you know... 24.6 frames a second. So a movie is not so much now, but is a moving is moving pictures, which is used to be a whole bunch of individual pictures on pieces of film that ran in front of your eyes at a certain speed. There was a rate that the frames passed before your eyes. 
nowadays, it's not like that necessarily, but it is how how fast it can right. deliver to you, how fast the, the frames are flashing in front of your face. So when you watch a movie at 24 point whatever frames a second, it always it doesn't jerk around, it, it appears smooth the entire time, right? You're looking at people, they're doing the thing. If the frame were, were to drop in that movie, it went to 15, you'd be like, why is my... What's wrong with my cable box? It seems weird, like, you know? So that's how I would explain this. You're playing the game, a bunch of... There's too much going on on the screen, and all of a sudden, your character doesn't respond very well, and, like, you're trying to shoot, and it's, like, delayed. And it does it quite often in this game. I'm hoping they patch it, because it's a really cool game, apart from those technical issues. I've also had some weird technical issues where I walked into a camp, and it said, clear the camp of bad guys started to clear the camp, and then I fell through the floor, and I could see I was not in the I was not in the game anymore. I was underneath the game, and I could look up, and I could see everybody's feet above me. Nice. I don't think that was supposed to happen. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was that. Uh, I also put down in here Trek. You can explain what that is. Trek? Yeah. That movie with the green guy? <laughs> yeah. Or bikes. We bought Trek bikes. And don't get all excited and think, oh, mm, Trek. Some of you may not know what that is. Just a brand of bike. It just so happens that some of their bikes can be more expensive than like a car, an SUV. They're very pricey. However, they do have a $300, $399, or so $400 range. And so I bought a couple of those. I didn't buy you a birthday present last year, and I hadn't planned on buying you one this year. Thanks. So, so instead, I bought us two bikes. And they are very much better because the bikes I had before were Walmart bikes, Mongoose. Now mine, they both had issues through the years, a couple of years that we rode them pretty heavily. But for the most part, they did their job. They got me convinced that I do like riding a bicycle. And so now this is just an upgrade, essentially. Yeah, and it, de- it definitely feels different to the other bikes. Yes. Even the other bikes when they were new didn't feel like these bikes. I did fix my seat, though, because for some reason it was slippy slidey. I think they just didn't screw that thing on tight enough. Which you can do that by hand. Because we have a shop in town. They are a Trek dealer and repair shop, and so they assemble it and all that stuff for you and give you a service, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm not in the world of bikes yet. But I'm excited because I feel like this one could handle me riding it to work, which is my ultimate goal. When we went for a ride on them today, it was extremely hot. Yes, that's why we're hot now. Yeah, it was like 86 degrees on the trail. And it made it really exhausting, I thought. The kind of heat that makes me almost want to throw up, but then it's the first time and I'm covered with a lot of fat cells on my body, so I think the fat, like swells up and it's not pleasant and but I'm just like no fuck this I love this and nothing in my entire life I'm not I'm talking about no amount of exercise as ever I would rather be probably fat and on the couch forever if my only option was to like do aerobics I'd be like oh nope I'm out <laughs> you know but for some reason riding a bike my crotch hurts, I sweat, my back sweats, my neck hurts from tilting my head up all this, you know, for a couple of hours in a row. All of it seems like it would be very much of a deterrent for me, but it is not. No. And so I feel like it was worth the investment, worth my healthcare investment. Yes. As I like to say. All right. So um, I also played one more game called Rage 2. It's uh, ID software, the people who make Doom and Quake, they made a new game called Rage. I've literally played the first 30 minutes Mm-hmm. I will tell you, it is like like any ID software title. It's really smooth. You shoot stuff a lot. 
and it's like super kind of like there's heavy metal music playing while you shoot stuff. Right. It's kind of their vibe. I like that stuff, so maybe it'll be good. I don't know yet. So, what's for dinner? Uh, it's in the oven. It's Papa John's pizza because I am not cooking and I'm not baking. Plus, I still have the. Listen to this. Forgot to tell you this, or maybe I did. I went into the store, Walgreens, and oh, I did tell you this, but I got some sunscreen and I got Hawaiian Tropic, which is my favorite smelling. Um, used to be suntan lotion that we would put on in order to get more of a tan. And I love Hawaiian Tropic. It smells like coconut. It's fantastic. I squirt a little on my hand while she's ringing me up. And I was like, oh, I forgot. I can't even smell it. I've lost my sense of taste and smell for anyone who hasn't been listening for a few weeks. And she goes, oh, and she didn't say amnesia, whatever it's called, the actual name of it. And I was like, you've heard of this? She goes, I've heard of it. I've never had it, but I've heard of that. It sounds awful. I'm like, it really is. <laughs> it's really awful. So I don't want to cook. I think it's going to last forever, too. I can't taste anything, which is like... Margin. It's slightly depressing, but I'm figuring out what foods I like. Like today we got back and I was like all sweaty and tired. And I'm like, oh my God, I could eat all those candy bars that I have. I can kind of tell when something's sweet. But then I looked in and I'm like, oh, raw carrots. Yes. Crunchy raw carrots. <laughs> so maybe it'll improve my health overall. But it's awful. It's, it's not the worst thing that can happen to you, obviously. It's just a personal thing. Some people who don't give a shit about eating food, I guess, wouldn't care. Um, what is and your- not cooking. I love cooking. It's been... I have to have a bit of a... You know, separation anxiety from wanting to cook a nice, really interesting meal for you. But what's your advice? My advice is pretty basic this time. Do you see it on there? Yeah, it it's is. not really advice. Well, I guess it is Maybe. culinary advice. <laughs> yes, this leads back to what we were just talking about. I can tell when I'm eating something spicy because whatever the spice in the food does to the skin of your mouth, I can feel that, but I cannot taste it. Right, So I can tell if I've eaten jalapeno or chili powder or something like that. But I can't tell that's what it is. It just feels like my mouth has been burned a little bit. Sounds great, I know. And then anything crunchy. So it could be anything crunchy. And I mean anything. You could probably give me a piece of cardboard at this point that's fried. And I'd be like, oh, that's really good because it's crunchy. So I put jalapeno cheese, you know, pepper cheese, pepper jack cheese on a saltine cracker. That is awesome. That was my advice. Try a saltine cracker with some jalapeno pepper jack cheese on it. My advice is... Not very deep advice this week, but... A saltine cracker with some earth balance spread on it. Yeah, that... Oh, yeah, crackers with butter. Duh. Always good. Yeah. That's it. I don't have anything deep because my brain's too hot today. It's overcooked. All right, so... um as you heard me say at the beginning of this show, you can find out where all this podcast is and all that stuff. Catch us uh, on Instagram and uh, you catch this podcast on YouTube sometimes. Most the of the time. YouTubes. You can email me at com. Don't email Sid Talk. Never. Never. I mean, you can. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to say? Well, I'm going to say first, stay classy, Mr. Liam Neeson. Your particular set of skills was uh, snow plowing. It was. It was really good, too. And I'm going to say, oh, I got the hiccups now. I'm going to say, think for yourself. Or someone will do it for you.